Good morning, Victory family and friends. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. My name is Paul. I'm privileged to serve as pastor of Victory Church of Charlottesville, where we exist to see people reconciled to God and to each other. And I'm so thankful that you have chosen to participate in this worship experience with us this morning. We've been online since March 8th, which I think marks about the 17th Sunday now that we've curated this this online space for a worship experience. And I just want to give glory to God. Uh, and I want to honor you, all of you who have contributed in, 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 in some way, shape or form to our being able to continue to worship and fellowship in the ways that we can amidst this very surreal space. Uh, I want to honor Ashley Farr and Atara Franklin affectionately known as Frankie. So Ashley and Frankie and the entire communications team who have made these videos possible. They make all of us, those who, who do the welcome message and, and other appearances on camera, they make us look better than we really need to look uh, using their own editing equipment uh, to make that happen. They are also doing uh, all that they can during the week to ensure that messages of the gospel are being pushed out to encourage us and sharpen us. They are not just seeing this serving moment as a Sunday moment. We are talking throughout the week about ways that we can uh, more effectively uh, uh, send messages of the gospel through these online spaces. And they have been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and Frankie, we are going to miss you. Uh, Frankie will be moving uh, in a little bit. And she is just dear to us. And I just want to say an extra shout out to you as you go in another month or so. I'm not sure of your exact date, Frankie, uh, that we love you and, and we are absolutely so appreciative, not just of what you do, but who you are. Uh, we love you and we thank you and hope we can give you a hug and express that uh, uh, sooner than, than later. Uh, but communications team, we, we're grateful for what you do. Um, our, our prayer team, uh, Troy Savage and the entire team, did you know that every volunteer, if, you, if we have your name, in our database as serving on a particular team that you are being prayed for by name. Our prayer team, every day they have different topics that they pray for and, 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 and as a part of that process, they are praying for us by name. By name. Now all of us are on the prayer team. We all ought to be talking to Jesus every day. And yet I'm grateful for the core group of folks within Victory who have, who have said, we will stand on the wall. We'll stand in the gap. We'll pray for our congregation, our city, our nation. And again, you by name throughout the week. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for your leadership. And thank you for inviting us on Monday nights to join you, which, by the way, we all still can. Monday nights at 8 p.m. on the phone. The information's on the website where you can join corporately in prayer. We've been doing that for maybe over two years now so that we can bombard heaven together, together from wherever we are and give him thanks and give him praise for who he is and all that he is doing. Prayer team, we love you and we appreciate you. Uh, to Zandy Johnson, Nathan Swanson, the entire AV team, who ensure that this material uh, in this season is getting onto SoundCloud, which then gets pushed to the mobile app. That does not happen by itself. Um, you're taking time on your Sunday afternoon and evenings to ensure that it happens so that on our runs and in the gym and wherever we are that we're plugging into our Apple podcast, uh, that we can we can hear a message of the gospel. Thank you for your tireless efforts, particularly and especially in this season. But certainly uh, it did not start with this season. We are grateful for you and your continued selfless uh, service. I'm grateful, too, for Chase Gibson, 
uh, Chase Gibson, who is a coordinator of our Victory Worship team, and, and Tyler Hutcherson, and Chantel Savage, and the entire team who continue uh, in this social distancing space to orchestrate these worship videos that allow us to enter in, uh, to really enter into the presence of God. You all are amazing. Uh, many of you didn't even know each other two years ago, and, and I'm amazed at the song set list that God has given you that reflects our larger vision here at Victory and, and have delivered in such a way that we can all plug in and hear Jesus clearly. Thank you for how you have blessed us and continue to do so, particularly in, in this season. We are so grateful uh, for you. Uh, to every Victory Group leader, we, we are just, we're blessed that, <laughs> that you jumped in even at the beginning of our uh, weekly services in last January of 2019. And then certainly as we then transitioned to being online and which created yet another major transition in the midst of a major transition of planning a church. And yet you just kept going, allowed us to fellowship and, and you, you were diligent in the word. You were available and willing to just adjust as need be during this time. And we are so grateful uh, and blessed by your leadership, by your availability, by your example of what it looks like to allow God to work in and through you. Um, Andrea Smith, what can we say about you, Blair Chalawa, the entire Victory Kids team on Sunday mornings prior to us meeting in this space? They are doing a live uh, a lesson with, with, with our kids. And to capture the attention of kids virtually and, and just to be attentive to developmental appropriateness of material, and that that is nothing short of God working in and through you. You've done that. And, and what can we say as other than thank you and to God be the glory and may he refresh you the way you are refreshing us and all of our victory kids. We love you. We love you. We love you. And we appreciate you so much. Um, Michelle Johnson, our teen ministry, uh, just creatively connecting with our teens. Uh, they've mentioned some stuff to me that they are up to. And I, I just I, I kind of heard of them, but I don't really know. But they're meeting teens where they are and in, in Snapchat, I don't even want to start talking about the things that they're doing uh, because I don't know what I'm talking about, except to say they're being creative in the ways that they're connecting with these young folks so that they are being seen and valued, heard, and most importantly, being given the gospel in this time of, of isolation, uh, which, which can lead to some not so great things. But in this space, it's being leveraged to, to lead to some to some good news that they get to receive. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you to Benji, Mark, Richard, all of you who are working with the team. Uh, team. You are just absolutely amazing. Um, to every single one of you who have, again, engaged in some way, you've, you've given reflections on a memory verse, you've given a devotional, you've done a welcome here, you've, you've, you've engaged in some way, shape, or form uh, on any of our teams, in the Victory Group, in outreach, we love you. And we're grateful for you. Thank you. Even now, as you sit with your maybe latte or drip coffee on the couch or in the kitchen, wherever you are, we're grateful that you have plugged in and continue to do so as we continue to lift up the name of Jesus in the ways that we can through these electronic mediums as best we can. Uh, now, this is an unusual time, uh, but our God is still on the throne and we give him all of the glory and all of the honor for how he continues to work in and through us. But I have asked all of those people that I just uh, spoke to, uh, to, in the month of July, take a break. Uh, my sense is, uh, as God continues to move, that, that this uh, delivery of, of 
the gospel and, and uh, our worship experience is, my sense is that it, it likely may extend beyond that which we may have initially anticipated. Which isn't to say that we're not still discussing ways that we can come together uh, safely and realistically beginning in August. And we'll certainly see how viable and wise a decision that will be once we get there. But we are planning toward that end. But my sense is we'll continue to do this and other creative sort of means and ways of engaging each other. And so during the month of July, uh, I have asked uh, all of those folks, I've asked our Victory Kids team to take a break. Uh, I've asked our communications team not to post anything. So if I know them, they're going to schedule some things so that we can still get encouraged through Instagram and Facebook. But I've said and asked them to take a minute, catch your breath. Uh, we've been we've been diligent uh, as unto the Lord. And I believe God is certainly honored and and pleased with your selfless, selfless service. And so uh, I'm asking all of them again to to take a break. Now, we do still have on YouTube many sermons and I've just recorded a few short videos this past week that we'll have up as well. We'll do a few more um, that can tell you about life at Victory and our Victory groups. And we'll just kind of have some other topical moments that we uh, that we populate YouTube with. Uh, but we will also not be having this more uh, uh, fresh and new moment uh, every Sunday. Again, because I've asked communications to take a break, the AV team to take a break. Uh, and so we are going to have a moment, not where we take a break from Jesus. How many know we never take a break from Jesus? I mean, no, he never takes a break from us. He woke me up this morning, started me on my way. Can I testify for a little bit? God has been good to us, and thank God he doesn't take a break. Through all the hiccups in life, we had one a couple of days ago with one of our kids' health. God is not taking a break from protecting us, keeping us, restoring us, refreshing us, giving us peace amidst the chaos in the world, in our lives. Personally, he has not taken a break from us. And so this is not a break from Jesus. So do not hear that. In fact, in the month of July, beginning July 12th, we will be reading as a congregation a book by Jamar Tisby entitled The Color of Compromise, which talks about the church's complicity in racism. Now, we, we're not calling in history professors to teach the material per se. We're just reading it together, reflecting on it together, and then praying about it together. And so you can enjoy, you can join any of our groups to do that. Again, we're not asking of the leaders of those groups to be history instructors or professors, but we are going to engage a space that I believe will bear fruit in the life of our church locally and prayerfully even more broadly in our city of Charlottesville as we seek to move forward in a way that doesn't repeat the past. So this is by no means a break from Jesus. We will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in our mouth. So even as we take a break and get refreshed, oh, every day will still be the day the Lord has made. And as such, we will, we will rejoice and we will be glad in it. So we've been in a series as I transition uh, on justice. We started at the beginning of this month. We're going to conclude today, though. How many know we will never conclude our conversation around justice? Psalm 89 and 14, as we discussed the first Sunday of this month, says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. And as such, our faith is built on then the foundation of justice such that it's always a part of who we are and what we do. And yet today, in, in terms of our monthly series, uh, we are concluding uh, uh, the series on 
justice that we began this month. And did you not enjoy the last couple of weeks with with uh, first Chief Brackney, Dr. Rochelle Brackney, and then last week, Dr. Joseph Williams? Just amazing resources, amazing sons and daughters of God who helped us. And I'm tempted to even continue those conversations even beyond this sermon series with many of you I know can speak to what justice looks like through a biblical lens in your industry. So if you're in medicine, I might be coming for you. If you're in law, I might be coming for you. Food service, I might be coming for you. Factory, I might be coming for you. Nonprofit sector, we've got so many areas where we can learn what, what justice looks like through the biblical lens. And so we just might continue some of those conversations. Uh, though probably not in July, since we're taking a little bit of a break. But uh, I'm grateful. Dr. Brackney, Dr. Williams, grateful for your time, your sacrifice. Um, but today I want to talk again about justice, and we want to talk about uh, the beloved community. Uh, and so turn with me, uh, if you will, to the book of 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 16 through 18. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would open up our eyes so that we might see all of the wonderful things that you have for us in your law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, it reads this way. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. How many know that text preaches all by itself? There's nothing really left to say in addition to it. But the title of the message is The Beloved Community. The Beloved Community, and we will just have uh, a, a few words and, and, and uh, be brief, however long that may take, uh, because this text does, in fact, speak for itself. The beloved community, uh, a phrase no doubt popularized by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who, uh, who acknowledged and appreciated the agape love of our Heavenly Father and believed, as do we, that when his agape love is on display in and through us, People from all walks of life and backgrounds can, can come together and make peace and do the work uh, with insight and inspiration from the Holy Spirit to actually experience the reconciliation that God has given us to steward here on this earth. Beloved community. Dr. King also said in his letter from a Birmingham jail, which you have, if you have yet to read it in its entirety, I would Highly encourage you to do so. There's so much relevance to present day. He says this, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. And the main point that I want to highlight from this text here in 1 John is, is that justice costs. But when justice prevails... We all win. The central theme of this, this book, this letter that the Apostle John writes, is true fellowship with God. And, and if there are themes within that larger theme, I would say there are three that repeat themselves throughout this book. One is love for fellow believers. 
Two would be obedience to God's commands. And three, belief that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so John is writing here to, to the Christian community who had been shaken by false, false teaching, false teachers who had come in and essentially challenged the fundamental truths of Christianity. Not limited, though including uh, challenging the identity of Jesus Christ and his sacrificial death on the cross for you and for me. And so John in this letter is, is reaffirming the core tenets of our Christian faith. That even though all of them to whom he was writing, and by extension all of us, are in fact far from perfect, we can be assured of salvation because of God's perfect love. And no doubt it is his perfect love that then propels us to learn how to love each other well. And this, verse 16 says, is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to then lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Justice costs. But when justice prevails, we all win. For us to be made right, there was payment. There were real tears. There were real blood, real pain. The wages of our sins was death. Justice cost. John chapter 15 verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8 says, So we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. When we really love each other, and like really, really, really love each other, we are willing then to pay the cost to see that which is wrong made right. For God so loved, John 3 and 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his son to make things right, to bring justice. And in giving his son to live a life we should have lived and dying a death we should have died, we all benefit, we all now get the opportunity to do what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and to believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. And in so doing, by grace through our faith, we all can be saved. Justice costs, but when it prevails, we all, we all win. Goes on to say, and if any of us see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing. It's the message version. How can the love of God even be in that person? Verse 17 says, Dear children, the Apostle John writes, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. The message version of the Bible says again, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. Yes, we are talking about practice. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. And the more that I grow in my faith, the, the older I get, if you will, the more I return even to the foundations of our faith. The more I've learned about uh, exegesis of scripture or 
eschatology or soteriology and pneumatology, all of which are important. Please don't hear me minimizing or saying by any stretch of the imagination that those studies are not important. They are and they inform and they help, they strengthen, they sharpen us as faithful stewards of God's word. Absolutely do. But the more that I do that study, the more I come back to the question, so what? All of those are really important, as I've just said. But I find myself looking in the mirror and saying, Paul, so what? What difference is it making? What fruit is being born from my life? Am I loving my wife any better? If you talk to her now, will she say, over the 15 years, I've only gotten better at loving her well? If not, Houston, there's a problem. Am I forgiving more now and more quickly now than I did five years ago? Am I willing to speak truth to power even when it's not popular? More so now than I was 10 years ago. When I see injustice, am I willing to help pay the cost in time, talent, and treasure to help wrongs be made right? Am I there a little more today than I was yesterday? And am I doing so as an extension of my faith, as an act of worship even to our Heavenly Father? God, help us. Help us all to, to ask that question, so what? Yes, we hear, we read, we study, we memorize, and we meditate on the Word of God so that this Word can in fact become a part of us and so that we can have and it is written on our heart as did Jesus when tempted by the devil in the wilderness. We do so, so all of that can be true and so that we can love not just in speech or word, but that we can love in action. Justice cost. Justice cost. But when justice prevails, we all win. I know we've only got 168 hours in the week and we aren't necessarily able to take up all of the causes of justice of which there are many. In that 168 hours, you gotta sleep 42 to 49 or maybe 60 hours of those weeks, of, of those hours in the week. You've got to take several hours, I pray, to steward here, this here temple, this body, by, by walking or, or some calisthenics, running, whatever it is you get into. If you fancy the Peloton, right? You've got to take some hours, I hope you are, to steward this here temple. You've got to take a few hours to spend time with those you love and cultivate relationship, whether that's biological family or a small group or your children, your spouse, extended family, a roommate, a housemate, whatever. You're spending some time doing that. I get it. There's only 168 hours in a week. And as I mentioned, you got to spend some of that time hearing, reading, studying, memorizing and meditating on the word of God. We've got to give time to word and to prayer. And let's not forget, if we are blessed to work a job, there's 40 to 60, maybe even 80 or more hours where we get to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God in the marketplace. Only 168 hours. So I know we're not uh, uh, taking up every cause of justice, and nor would I say go and do that, but pick one. Pick one. In our city here of Charlottesville, there, there is ample opportunity to pay the cost, to help pay the cost of justice so that we all can benefit 
and move toward a beloved community. There, there are opportunities to love our brothers and sisters well. We're living in a city, after all, where we saw in the 1960s, Vinica Hill, for example, an African-American uh, community. They were African-American-owned businesses and, and owned homes that was raised in the name of urban renewal. An entire street, in fact, run right through the neighborhood. And we're still dealing with the effects of that today in the form of housing inequity and discrimination. There's a justice issue there. Homelessness in Charlottesville. There's a justice issue there. All the costs that are associated when, when individuals are released from prison. It's amazing. There's a justice issue there. Who has what health care and so forth and so on. There's a justice issue there. Who's sitting in advanced classes and who's not? There's a justice issue there. Who's being pushed into sports as the only way out? There's a justice issue there. Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And yes, justice might cost you. It might cost me. It will cost time, talent, treasure, it'll cost. But when justice prevails, we all win. And the beloved community about which Dr. King spoke, the kingdom of God, we get to see that kingdom come a little bit closer to earth. His will in heaven begins to look a little bit more like it's being done here on earth. And as we head into this July break, Victory Fam, if there's anyone interested in serving on our newly formed outreach team, shout out to Mia Woods, who's going to head up that team. Please feel free to connect with us through the connect card on your screen or through the website so that we can together pursue what I believe God wants to see here in our community as the beloved community moving forward in reconciliation. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us today with this word that is so simple yet profound in that we all get to take some introspection. We get to look in the mirror. We get to say, God, firstly, thank you for showing us what it looks like, for sending your son to lay down his life for our benefit showing us what justice looks like and how we all benefit. Help us in a very practical and pragmatic way to do so in our community. And with our eyes closed and heads bowed, if you're sitting wherever you're sitting and you find yourself perhaps having engaged in justice-oriented endeavors but never really connecting it to the source, the epitome of justice, the one who is love, God is love, his word says. If you're sitting here and have yet to make that all-important connection such that the gospel can accompany you in your acts of justice and you're pursuing reconciliation even and you're pursuing those wrongs being made right and you want to today make a decision for Christ, we'd love to pray with you in this moment. If that is you, you can click the, the little button on the screen there, but also repeat these words after me in your living room. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I repent today. 
I choose to turn away from everything that doesn't please you and to follow you with all of my heart. I recognize that it doesn't mean I'll be living a storm-free life, but that in you I can live a storm-proof life. And that with you on the inside of me, justice in the earth can be displayed in supernatural ways. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord, and I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. I ask you to come into my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, again, click the button on the screen just so we can connect with you. We want to send you a free gift, even in the mail uh, or electronically. Uh, that, that's a Bible study that will help you with next steps in the foundations of the faith, again, that we all return to, no matter how seasoned we might be in the faith. Family, we absolutely love you. Again, this month of July is going to be one of, of, of rest and refreshing, I pray, for all of us. That does not mean, again, that we are breaking from Jesus. In fact, every Monday night, we will still have our prayer uh, at 8 o'clock. <clears throat> but all of the other activities that I referenced this moment, um, our social media team, all of what I referenced earlier, our Victory Kids team, uh, though we will have some uh, activities that we can post on our website for you parents to help you in, in uh, discipling your children as you are already doing. We'll come alongside you in those uh, appropriate ways uh, that hopefully will help. Uh, in this month, press in a little more. Seek God. Find the frequency that's clear such that when he's speaking, through your reading the word and, and the other ways he may speak to you that you hear clearly and then can respond well and participate in our being a beloved community. We love you, family. Let's live in victory.